the first Bible reading is from page 774 in the small print and 1730 in the large print Bible, Acts 22. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as jealous, sorry, zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear his words uh, from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr, Stephen, was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. The Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 3 and in the small print it's on page 849 starting at verse 13. I don't know what page it is in the large print, sorry. So 1 Peter chapter 3 starting at 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. 
Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you again. Uh, as you came in, you should have been offered an outline of the talk, so you might like to grab that and have it open in front of you. That might be helpful. Um, today we're coming to the end of our series, um, Preparing for Mission. I hope you found it helpful and uh, perhaps a little bit challenging as well. Um, I hope today, uh, well, later on in, this, in the talk, I'm going to ask you to do some work, so um, I hope you've come ready to, to think and to work. Um, but we'll get to there in a moment. Let me pray and then uh, look at the Bible together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in it you reveal yourself to us. Uh, we thank, thank you, Lord, that the Scriptures is uh, able to make us wise for salvation. And uh, Father, we pray that as we look tonight, today is your, at your word, that, uh, that you would uh, make us wise, that you would help us to understand how we can be saved, but also how we can share uh, our faith with others that they too might be rescued. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're thinking about the whole idea of stories. And I wonder if you've ever thought to contemplate uh, how incredibly important stories are. They've been there right from the very beginning. If you go up to the Northern Territory uh, in, uh, in Australia, you'll see up on the walls some of the stories from, uh, from, the, from ancient civilizations that lived up there, stories of great hunts and battles that went on. Uh, some of the stories that, that uh, tried to explain where they came from. In fact, throughout the ages, uh, people have gathered around campfires to, to share stories, to talk about where they've come from, uh, to help, help uh, the community understand who they are uh, and what their history is, uh, but also uh, where they're going. Uh, but of course, it's not just uh, the ancient people who love stories. Uh, people throughout the ages continue to love stories, and even today. So uh, if you ever get a chance to talk to a sportsman, sportsmen love to share their stories. They love to talk about the things that happened to them, and they make all sorts of money out of it uh, as they share their stories. If you've ever spoken to a fisherman, you'll know that fishermen love to tell stories about the, the one that got away, and every time they tell a story, it gets just that little bit bigger. Uh, because it makes the story more exciting. Um, but of course, uh, it's not just in those kind of co contexts that we see stories. Uh, obviously, uh, authors and playwrights and scriptwriters uh, have made millions over the years because people are engrossed by their stories. Uh, men and women love to gather around in pubs or uh, in coffee shops to share their stories. Um, and perhaps the longer they stay there, the, the, the more embellished the stories become. But even as your children are growing up, as they come home from school, one of your first questions to them is often, tell us about your day. Tell us what happened. Tell us the story of your day. We want to know what happened in class. What, did, what were you doing at lunchtime today? Uh, what did you learn? We want, to, we want to hear the stories. Stories are, are a vital part of our culture. I was reading, as I usually do, um, uh, my subscription to psychology today, this week, what? 
I wasn't actually, that's a lie. Um, but I did re- come across the, the Psychology Today website, a lady by the name of Pamela Rutledge, uh, who wrote this. She said that stories are, a vo- uh, are how we think. They are how we make, make meaning of life. Stories are how we explain how things work, how we make decisions, how we justify our decisions, how we persuade others, how we understand our place in the world, how we create our identities and define and teach our social values. Stories are so important to us. They're such an important part of our culture, uh, of every culture. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to us that when we think about the whole idea of, of mission, of sharing our faith with others, sharing, sharing about Jesus, that stories have a, a vital part to play. And so that's what we're thinking about this morning, this morning the place of stories in sharing our faith. So let's go back to the, the book that uh, the passage that Mark read to us from uh, Acts chapter twenty two. Um, in Acts chapter twenty two, we we're introduced to Paul. Or we see Paul, and uh, the chapter just before this, Paul has been had just come to Jerusalem. This is in chapter twenty one. He comes to Jerusalem, and while he was worshiping in the temple, um, the Jews grabbed him, and uh, they were trying to kill him because to him he was a traitor. Remember, he was um, a, a leader, but now he's actually starting following the enemy. And so they grabbed him, they're, trying to, they're beating him. And, so, and uh, it's just in time that the, the, the Roman commander sends some troops to rescue him. And they actually have to stop them from, uh, from beating him to death. Uh, so they grab Paul and they're taking him into, to, the, to, the Roman, uh, to the Roman commander. But just before he goes into custody, just before he goes in to, to speak to the Roman leader, Paul stops and he turns around to speak. He wants to speak to these people who've been trying to kill him. He wants to uh, explain something to them. And what he does is he starts to tell a story. He tells his story. And so he stands up and he talks to them about the way, way, he, way he was. He starts off saying, first of all, I want you to know how I was like. And as he starts to speak, as he starts to tell his story, the crowd goes quiet. The crowd is ready to listen. They're entranced by his story. And so he says, brothers and fathers, listen to my defense. When they heard him speak to him in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to the associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. He says, guys, I want you to know that I know where you're coming from. I've actually stood in your shoes, says Paul. You know, and you can ask around, that I I grew up as a Jew. And not just any old Jew, but a Jew of above Jews. I was a Pharisee and, and, and I went to the best school under the, under the, the, the Rabbi Gamaliel. And I was, a, I was so zealous, I was so enthusiastic as a Jew that when I heard about these Christians, these people following Jesus, these ones that our Jewish leaders are put to death, uh, well, I thought, well, I've got to get on board here. I've got to start getting rid of these guys. Because like this Jesus, they're trying to take people away from, from God. And so he says, I was just like you. I was so enthusiastic. I was so zealous. He tells them what he was like. But then in his story, he goes on to explain the next thing that happened. Something happened to change him. 
And so he goes on to say, as I was going to Damascus, I had these letters in my hand to arrest these Christians. So again, they might be either thrown in jail or perhaps even killed like Stephen was. As he's walking along the road, something huge happens. This Jesus, who I'd assumed was dead, actually appeared to me. In verse 6, we read, About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. Paul is walking along and bam! Jesus appears, this bright light, this voice, uh, incredible. And from that moment on, from that moment, he can't see. He's, he's made blind. Imagine having something like that happen to you. And yet that's what happened to Paul, he says. As this happened, I, I, I met this Jesus. My eyes were closed. I couldn't see anything. So he says, I, I, go into, I go into Damascus, but not to arrest people. I, go and, I actually meet with one of these Christians, this guy by the name of Ananias, who prays for me. Um, these scales fall off my eyes and I can see. And suddenly, he says, his life is turned around. Something happened to Paul to change him from a kind of almost like a rabid dog trying to destroy these Christians actually to being a Christian. Something pretty big has got to happen for that to, for that to happen, for somebody to change like that. And yet that is what happened to Paul. And so Paul says, this is what I was like. This is what happened. And then he says, this is what difference has made. And so Paul says that Jesus says to him, Paul, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. Paul is baptized and God, Jesus gives him this mission to, to, to start talking to people about him. Paul's life has changed. Instead of trying to destroy Christians, he's now become one and he's trying to make other people Christians. His life has been completely turned around. It's interesting if you, if you go on, flick on a couple of chapters to uh, chapter 26, Paul stands before King Agrippa and his defence is the same defence. He stands up and tells his story, his testimony. How is it that he became a Christian? How is it that his life was changed? For Paul, his story is a vital part of his gospel. But it wasn't, it's not just Paul, it's not just in the, in the book of Acts that we see how important story is. Uh, in the New Testament, actually, there are a couple of other places which talk about it, or at least uh, imply it. And so the Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, the passage that Lorna read for us, from 1 Peter 3, verse 16, 15 and 16, Peter says, In your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Peter says, Always be ready to answer those who ask you, Why do you have this hope? This is not a, um, a theoretical kind of thing saying, Please explain to me, all your doctrines. Take us through the 39 articles, please, because I'd like to know all the things that you, that you believe. No, this is somebody coming up to you and saying, you seem to have something in your life. You seem to have something that you hold on to that gives you hope and meaning and purpose. Why is that? Why do you have that hope in you? 
And Peter says we should always be ready. Part of that, in fact, setting part Christ as Lord, which is what it means to be a Christian, of course, isn't it? That we declare Christ is Lord. And so for those of us who, who believe that Christ is our Lord, part of what that means is that we should be ready to answer this question. Why do you have this hope? Why do you believe this? You hope for eternal life. What, why? what makes you think that? He says we must be ready to do that. And of course, we need to be careful how we do that. We saw last week how important it is for us to listen, to listen to what people say to us. Uh, and so Peter says we must do this with gentleness and respect. Peter's not saying that we should have knockdown arguments to be able to answer every single question that anyone might ever bring to us. He's saying, no, be ready to answer for you. Why do you believe what you believe? Why do, what's, what's your answer for the reason the hope that you have? Paul says something similar in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. He says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. See them with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. There it is again. Be ready to answer everyone. But this one has a... Uh, Paul says to be a little bit more proactive. He says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Uh, some of you will be aware that I'm a bit of a football fan. I don't know, has anyone picked that up over the years? Um, some of you might have picked it up. No. Um, how do you know that? I've mentioned it before. That's exactly right. Now, uh, I, I actually am not trying to convert you to be a football fan. I, I don't really care if you like football or not. You could be wrong. It's fine. Um, but uh, I talk about it because it's something that's, that's important to me. Um, uh, that, that's some, I, I, love, I loved playing, I loved coaching, and, uh, and I love going to watch it. I'm looking forward to seeing my, my son and my, my uh, brother-in-law playing together this year and, and my other son playing with Gordon's son. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it this year. But um, I talk about it because it's important. Uh, it comes up in conversation. I ask you how the football's going. Do you watch see the football, that kind of thing, especially when I chat to Mark after the service where you chat about the football, those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's quite natural and normal for me. And we, you may have something that you like talking about, whether it's, um, it may not be football, I don't know why, but it might be something else. It might be uh, a book, books that you like to read or it might be uh, fishing or it might be... Uh, bike riding or whatever it might be. We all have things that we love to talk about because they're important to us. Well, Paul, we've, we were told by Jesus, remember a few weeks ago, that we are the salt of the earth. And Paul says, let that saltiness comes out, come out in your conversation. Let your faith show itself in your conversation. As you talk about um, your life, your faith is part of your life. And he says that we need to, be, uh, to allow this saltiness to come out in our lives, which will then, perhaps, give us the opportunity to answer people's questions. Again, the whole idea of being ready to answer the questions that people have. Now, I don't know how you find this, the whole idea of talking about your faith. Most Christians find it an incredibly difficult thing to do. Who finds it difficult? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all find it difficult in some ways. And I, I think there are a number of reasons for that. One of the reasons is because I feel like we don't really know what to say. Um, or we feel a bit embarrassed, perhaps, in the last few weeks. We saw that you know, sometimes we don't share it because we, we fear what, how people might respond to us. We might lose a friend, that kind of thing. 
But there should, we should never have that, the excuse of we don't know what to say. Because all of us have a story. And so the last thing I want to think about is my story, or rather your story. I wonder if I was to ask you, are you ready to share your story? Do you know what your story is? How did you, why is it that you have a hope of eternal life? Now again, it's something that we find hard to do. And we, 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 we imagine ourselves standing in front of a group of about 10 non-Christians who are all looking at us going, oh, and, and, and so we get nervous, we get scared about it. And so we, we, we kind of clam up, or we, we, we freeze. But it's partly because we just don't have, get the experience of talking about our story. And so what I wanted to do today, uh, as part of the preparing for mission, is to help prepare you to share your story. And so on the back of your sheet of paper, you'll find, and, and I'm going to ask Heather if she doesn't mind, uh, if you haven't got one of the, the talk outlines, I'm going to give you one, whether you like it or not, because this is where I got, got you to do some work. So uh, what I'm going to get you to do, if you grab a pen or a pencil, is I actually want you to write down your story. And it's quite simple, really. Just follow Paul's example. Paul starts off talking about what it was like before I believed. Now, it's possible that you're like me and that in some ways you've always believed and you've grown up in a Christian home, in which case then you might talk about that, what that was like. Or perhaps, uh, like in my situation, uh, I came to a point where I realised that I actually had to take this faith on for myself, not just rely on my parents' faith, whatever it might be. But what was life like before you believed? What were you like before you believed? Then... What happened to change your mind? What happened to help you have this hope? And thirdly, what difference has it made to your life? They're not too hard, those questions, are they? Not really? So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm actually going to stop now and I'm actually going to give you guys an opportunity to think. And to maybe, uh, it's just very, maybe in bullet points on that sheet of paper, write down what was life like before you believed? How is it that you changed your mind? Uh, and what difference has it made to your life? Then, once you've done that, I'm going to ask you to do something terrifying. I'm going to ask you to talk to someone. Okay? I'm actually going to ask you to turn around and talk to the person next to you or behind you or wherever you can work out. Um, and just in 25 words or less, just tell your story. I mean, if we can't tell our stories to each other who already believe in God, it's going to be much harder to talk to people who don't, isn't it? So we're actually going to do this now. I'm going to ask you, if you don't believe in God yet, if you're still at that point of making a decision, well, that's okay. You might like to just think about, okay, what might make you change your mind? Is there anything that could make you change your, your mind about, your, about Jesus? Uh, so I'm going to stop talking now. Write down your story, list the bullet points of your story, and then in a few moments I'll tell you to turn around to the person next to you and tell your story to each other. Uh, and then I'll, I'll finish off by praying. Go.
Now, that is not long enough. I hope you feel like, oh, I need more time. Um, I want to encourage you, maybe when you go home this afternoon, um, to actually take some time. You have as much time as you like, whereas the afternoon, you can, I'll give you the whole afternoon to do it. Um, you can spend all week, I don't care, uh, to, to do it. Uh, of course, when you share your, this with, each, with people, you're not necessarily going to be able to tell your whole story at once. Maybe you, you might just, they might just ask you, what difference does being Christian make to your life now? Or they might just ask you, what made you change your mind? They might just ask you one little, little question. But it's important, I think, for us to understand and be able to share it with each other. <clears throat> so let's do something really terrifying. Let, let me encourage you to turn around. And just very briefly, just take a minute or two, just to outline what, how is it that you've changed? What's happened in your life? If you're sitting next to your husband or your wife, oh, that's lovely. I love, love seeing that. But um, let me encourage you not to talk to them. My guess is they already know. So... Um, that would be too easy. So, so if you turn to somebody who you don't know, perhaps, or they're sitting close to you uh, and talk to them, that would be awesome. And uh, in a little while, I think we're going to sing. Is that next thing we're going to do? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it to you. And then when you hear the music start, then um, we'll stand and sing. Holly's looking for a friend. Holly needs a friend. If anybody hasn't got a friend, uh, Peter, Peter Stewart at the back there. Yeah.
we'll just give you another minute and then we might um, move on in a second. Well, I really, I really, really hate to interrupt everyone. And uh, can I just say, um, it's actually just, as I stand here and just watch you guys talking with each other, it's actually a really beautiful thing to see. Um, and how lovely it is to, to get to know each other at a deeper level than bats we sometimes do. If in your little pair... You didn't get an opportunity. You didn't both get an opportunity to share. So maybe one person spoke for too long. Um, I can imagine a few people in this room doing that. Um, <laughs> Joyce is putting a hand up. That was me. Um, if you didn't get a chance to to share, then perhaps over morning tea. Uh, how about you, you? You have a cup of tea together. You can come back and sit there, down in your chair if you like, or sit outside in the sun. Uh, maybe give the other person an opportunity just to share, so that you both have. A